morning. Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. To enjoy the Sunday school time this morning. Turn with me to Psalms 119. As a way of introduction, there's a theme that runs through Psalms 119, and that is the profound truth that the Word of God is all-sufficient. I'm going to read Psalm 1, 119.1-16. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with the uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimony, as much as in thy riches. I will meditate in thy precepts, and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight thyself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Psalms 119 is a very fascinating psalm. It, um, As I was considering what to meditate on, I thought of reading the entire psalm. And so I, I didn't want to do that because that would take approximately about 15 minutes and you guys might be sleeping until I'm done reading. And I thought, well, maybe we could each take a verse and each read it in turn. Well, that's still a lot of verses. So I don't know if this will end up being a series or not, but there's, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, nuggets, a lot of truth in Psalms 119 and any of the Psalms. Um, there are eight different terms referred to the Word of God in this Psalms. There's law, testimony, precepts, statutes, commandments, judgments, word, and ordinances. And you'll find those words scattered throughout that psalm. Almost in every verse, the word of God is mentioned. Psalms 119 also affirms not only the character of the scripture, but affirms that God's word reflects the very character of God. God Himself. Also, it's interesting the format that the Psalms is is laid out. It's laid out in an alphabetical acrostic in the Hebrew language, and their alphabet does not jive with our alphabet, but it's laid out with their their alphabet, beginning with A through Z. And there's eight lines. 22 letters and there's 8 lines to each letter which equates to 176 verses 
another thing I find very interesting with this psalms is it it is this psalm it is pretty much directly in the center of our scripture if you would take the verses prior to this and number them that way and number the verses from this psalm the other way it's almost precisely in the center and it is the long song I saw somebody drew a a graph of parallels of the length of scripture and Psalms had a line horizontal line with all the other books of the Bible and chapters and verses and Psalms 119 was the longest and then it had the arches and it just looked neat how they had done it I'll give credit to them for the time they did it but there is speculation on who the writer is of this psalm could have been David maybe Ezra or some for high priest we obviously know that David did pen a lot of psalms but also there have been other authors as well in the psalms six others have can be contributed to the to the psalms Moses, Solomon, Asphah, and the son of Korah, and Ethan, the Ethanite. It's also suggested that this psalm was used in their worship service. Would have been quite lengthy, but is possible. Second Timothy chapter three verses sixteen and seventeen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfectly furnished unto all good works. Scripture is given from God. Then it must be read. It must be listened to. Must learn from it. And we must obey it. And of course, the obedience is the hard part. There's another life beyond this life and that life is eternal God has given us direction in how we can live our life by following this word and that will help us navigate through life as we listen and we learn and we live by faith and we obey God's word James 1.22 says be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves so it's good to listen, but then it's also good to do. We receive these, I don't know what to call it, um, appeals for relief organizations. And I could hardly keep quiet, but Ellis was jumping all around in the Sunday school here and this goes right along with it but we receive these appeals for relief from Christian Aid Ministries from other organizations that uh, are 
They need help. There's a need. They'll show pictures of starving people, starving children. Poverty-stricken areas of the world. And it's sad that there are people that are starving. Talking about needs, there's even people that are homeless and in need of food, even in our own towns. And yet we live in a world where we have so much. And uh, as I was thinking about that, I was at a uh, meeting, and it was a motivation motivation uh, thrust meeting that the speaker was trying to pump us farmers for what we're doing and how the future looks very good because there is a need for our product. And one of the pictures that I remember the, him showing on his presentation was this picture it was over in Africa. This little child, dark child, was curled up in a fetal position, laying on the ground, and not very far from it was a vulture sitting there waiting. And if you want something to get you to stop and think about what you have that did. Here's a little child that's starving to death, and his vulture is about to have its meal. Now, to go on to say, someone rescued that child from an organization over there. But the thrust of that was that we, are, we have so much, and we are so blessed that it's the politics, the leaders of our land that get in the way of some of us getting our work done. But that does not neglect us and what we can do on our part. We have avenues that we can help out. And that's where that, that kind of falls short on, on, that, on that kind of a meeting. Also, um, it was in a different, I'm not sure, I might have read it somewhere, that the, the food that we make here, approximately about 32, a third to 40% of our food is wasted. I think maybe if we would spend a little more time in trying to curve that down, would could help some hungry people out. But I wonder, I want to take that one more step as we think about that little child laying there and that vulture ready to... What if God would take a snapshot of our spiritual life? Would we look like that child? We have so much. We have... How many Bibles in our homes? The Word of God is given to us. We come to church, we listen, we, we do everything, but are we like that little child down there? We're starving. God's Word is somewhat like a rule book. It helps us drive, helps us go through life. There are warnings, there are cautions, and there are clear direction on the path that we need to drive. If we think it's complicated, we've probably made it complicated because it's, it's simple. Children, you remember the story of the wise men and foolish men? Matthew 7 
verses 24. Verse 24 through 27. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Very simple concept. Build on the rock, it's going to last. Build on the sand, it's not going to stand. I've seen pictures of these sand artists that have built these very detailed sculptures, if you want to call them a sculpture out of sand, and very intricate as far as how they, um, the time that they put into it. And I always, when I see that, it's fascinating, but why? All it would take is a big windstorm or a rain or a wave to come in, and it's gone. We need to follow God's rules, His guidance, His direction, and His word. Otherwise, we will end up in a big crash. Our life will crash. Three principles I want to look at coming from Psalms 119. God's word keeps us pure. God's word helps us to know God. And God's word brings joy to our heart. First one, God's word keeps us pure. We find that in verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 9. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? by taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Verse 10, With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandment. Verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Matthew 15. I'm going to be jumping around here a little bit. Matthew 15, verse 18. Through 20. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulterers, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defileth a man. But to eat with unwashing, with unwashing hands defileth not a man. Many people in our world don't care about being pure. They want to enjoy life. That includes the pleasures of sin. Why not? Everyone else is doing it. Not everyone. There are those that want to be holy, separate. Hebrews 11. Verses 24 through 26. 
Here's an account of Moses. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, had refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And he chose to be mistreated with his own people, the people of God, rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. And he had his, he had that, re, that, that goal, the reward that was going to be worth more than that. He had his heart, mind, eyes set on that. So we have choices to make in life. Pleasures of sin are only for a season, but the reward following through to the end outweighs that. Titus chapter 2. Verses 11 through 14. Whose mouth must be stopped? Who subvert warehouses teaching things which thou ought not for filthy lucre's sake? One of them, one of themselves, even a prophet of their own said, the Seratians are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live our lives in self-control. Upright and holy. As we continue to go through time, it seems that the ages keep, the age keeps getting worse and worse and that's always been the case and it will continue to be that way because that's what the Bible the Bible mentions that. But we have the hope of God's Word helping us stand true and holy. So no matter where you're in life, we can become better. We can become more pure. Psalms 119 talks, verse 9, or Psalm, the, yeah, verse 9 there talks about the washing of the Word. We like to be clean. We like things clean. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereunto according to thy word? We like clean cars. We like clean tractors. We like clean houses. And you could add a lot more things that you like clean. And we like clean barns. We just had a spring inspection here on our farm. The dairy has to have an inspection twice a year. And we were working at cleaning that up because we knew our time was about to be. And uh, I had this sixth sense that he was going to show up that day. And I was going to work at it, but I had one more thing to do, and that was a water leak I needed to fix. 
So I went and did that. Well, guess what? Until I got back, he was parked in my driveway, and I thought, oh no. I didn't know how he was going to take it, because I wasn't totally ready. Thankfully, Dad had done a few extra things, and Dwight had set him in a good mood. And uh, I went over and talked to him, and uh, yeah, he mentioned we need to clean that one side of the barn that still was pretty dirty yet. I said, yep, we're working on it. It's been a tough spring. And he seemed to find that very valid. But as I was thinking about that, you know, some parallels there. You know, I didn't know when he was going to show up. I didn't know what day, what hour. I think he probably went over to Lynn's there next, and I thought about texting Laverne and saying, hey, he's on your way, but Oh, well, it is what it is. Um, but you know, if we want to make the, the comparison, Jesus, like the inspector, we don't know when he's going to come. We can know the season. The Bible talks about understanding the season as it gets near the end. But we don't know the day or the hour when that will be. Are we going to be ready? Are we going to be clean? Are we going to be washed? Are we going to be ready for him to show up. Psalms 119.11 Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Number two, God's word helps us to know God. Verses two there, Blessed are they that keep his testimony, that seek him with their whole heart. Knowing God is the most important thing that you can do in life. After all, He did create us. And does He not deserve After all, He did create us. And does He not give us good gifts? And someday, we will meet Him face to face. So, doesn't it seem reasonable that we go to make ourselves know him now while we're here what if someone was to give you a million dollars in your lifetime right now wouldn't you be very uh, grateful for that person wouldn't you want to get to know that person wouldn't there be some understanding that you know hey I'm very grateful for that Well, if God was to give you a million dollars and you were to live to be 75 years old, that would equate to $13,333 a year. If you lived to 65, that'd be $15,384 a year. And that's just money. God has given us way more than that. Did you think about this morning when you got up where your next breath of air was going to come from? Not a one of you did. I'm convinced of that. Because you probably woke up, if you were like me, a little behind the alarm clock, you probably took a big breath and were out of bed faster than you could wish for. But God holds the air that we breathe. James 1, 16, 17, do not be, do not be deceived. 
My dear brother and sister, every good perfect gift is from above, cometh down from the Father of the heavenly light, who doth not change like the shifting shifting shadows. God is there. We don't have to worry about that. Every good gift comes from God. They come from above. Whether it's money, material things, houses, cars, clothes, everything comes from God. Since He has given us gifts, you might as well get to know Him. And the material and the material stuff is not only it doesn't stop there. And He's given us way more. What about the price of salvation? There is nothing that can come close to the value of salvation. Yet it's a free gift. He is willing to give it to his to those that ask. Ephesians one three. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have been blessed with spiritual blessings in Christ. He gave us His Son. He gave us His Holy Spirit. And then we have His Word to help us, to guide us, to give us direction to our life. And then He gives us the church and the fellowship of one another and encouragement that we can have with each other. And then He promises eternal life. Why would we not want to know Him? And how do we come to know Him through His Word? Spiritual, the Scriptures reveal to us who God is, and He is what He is. Point number three. God's Word brings joy to our hearts. Verse 14. I have rejoiced in the way of Thy testimony as much as as in all riches. Everlasting joy is ours, but it's only if it's in the Lord. The things of this world have joy, but they usually end in sadness. It can be short joy, but ultimately the end will be in sadness. But the joy of the Lord will be for everlasting. There was a story that I recently uh, found or read in a farm magazine. And if you want a perspective, this one got a perspective that I thought was good. And some of you may have read it. Every day may be great, but there's something great in every day. This simple message is a good one to ponder as we enter the spring planting season, a time full of optimism, excitement, and a typical few challenges. This Chris Koch, a farmer, adventurer, athlete, world traveler, and motivative speaker, shared this message at the 2018 Top Producer Seminar in Chicago. Looking at his resume and hearing his outlook on life, you would never guess he was also born with no arms or legs. Cock grew up on the farm community of Natton, Alberta, which is just south of Cal- Calgary, 
As a child, he rode in the combine and tractor with his grandpa and fell in love with farm life. His physical limitations were not met, were no match for his desire to enjoy the world around him. Anything anyone can do, I am able to do as well, said Cock 38. My mom and dad realized early on that they needed to step back and let me do things on my own. We all need to fail, we all need to fall down. Then we need to learn how to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off. Cock joked that he like, looks like Humpty Dumpty, who had a great fall, but he actually has a great balance. For years, he wore artificial legs. Then he brought a skateboard and realized it was easier than his artificial legs. And he says, plus, it is way cooler way to get around. The right outlook. Surprisingly, Cox says his physical challenges have been far easier to overcome than his mental ones. There are days where I think if I had arms and legs, life would be a lot easier, he says. When you're having a bad day and you want to blame it on something, but a lot of times my bad days have nothing to do with the missing arm and legs. It's that six inch of space between the ears that gets in the way. Our brains are the strongest muscles we have in our bodies, but it's also the biggest obstacle we have in our life. This outlook, combined with a good sense of humor and supportive family, have helped Cock achieve his goals and encourage others. He is quick to say he is far more afraid of regret than of failure. I want to look back on life and say I did as much as I possibly can. He says, it is in time of failure I've learned the most. For now, though, he lives out his dream, his career, a mix of farming and ranching in summer, traveling in the winter, and public speaking in Canada and abroad. Looking back now, I wouldn't want it to be any different, he says. I haven't been cheated at life because of it. We all have the choice when we wake up in the morning to be happy or miserable, and I choose to be happy. Here is a man who had great determination, and he was able to achieve a lot. He had a good outlook on life, and he likes to make people happy. I share that story to help us to appreciate what God has given you and me. And do we totally recognize that? goes along with our Sunday school discussion. How do we have soft hearts? Take God's word and digest it and to make it part of your life. I was also listening to a CD from the weekend of the men's seminar. Elijah Slabo mentioned it. He thinks one of the biggest needs in our churches is getting into God's word and getting to know it. So if you were taken this morning and taken to the town square and were put in in place to, would you be able to share a 30-minute message from God's word? That was the challenge. Understand that the Holy Spirit can give us the words that we need in those times, but I also think that we still cannot neglect to read and digest and make it a part of our life. It takes effort on our part. Do we long for it? Do we breathe it? Is it part of our being? Closing, I want to close with a poem 
the anvil of God's word. Last evening I passed beside a blacksmith's door and I heard the anvil ring the vesper chime. When looking in, I saw upon the floor old hammers worn with beating years of time. How many anvils have you had, said I, to wear and batten those hammers so? Just one, said he. Then with a twinkling eye, the anvil wears the hammers out, you know. And so I thought the anvil of God's word, for ages skeptics' blows have beat upon, yet through the noise of fallen blows was heard, the anvil's unharmed, the hammer is gone. God's word is going to stand. It's going to last. And it's the manual that we can have for our life.